Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the Monday Morning Recap. My name is Pastor Matt, and I am here with Pastor Todd. Good morning, and thanks for joining us. And so, Pastor Todd, how was your Thanksgiving weekend? It was exciting. The Daniel and Elizabeth, the kids, were <clears throat> their marching band, and their marching band got invited to be part of the Philadelphia Thanksgiving Day Parade. That's awesome. Uh, so, And Daniel ended up marching right past one of the cameras. Wow. So okay. you got to cl- I mean, they had their hats on and, you know, the, they, they all had to wear a mask, which they make instrument masks. So you can play your instrument and still be wearing a mask, which really? is like uh, bizarre. Kind of, it's kind of bizarre right. for me, but whatever. Um, <laughs> if you're still blowing. But what, what's, spit, the, what's you know. the word? Uh, not counterintuitive, but uh, counterproductive. Counterproductive. <laughs> yeah. So they, it has a hole for the mouthpieces to fit through and stuff. Wow. It's, it's I didn't even know they did that. <laughs> Well, they do now. They didn't before COVID, but they do now. <laughs> so what? Whatever. So, um, so yeah. So we didn't get to really see a shot of Elizabeth. I mean, the camera shot was like thirty seconds long of the band. You know what I mean? Because right. of the fact that they didn't have one of the featured positions where they stopped okay. and performed. You know, they were playing as they were marching. Okay. Um, but <laughs> what we laughed about, Steph and I, is. They started the pre-parade show, you know, like, you know how football has their pre-game show? Yeah. They had that for the parade, and um, they were talking about all the stars, the celebrities that were going to be there. And I have to say, they were all, like, B-list stars, because <laughs> all the A-list people were in the Macy's Day Parade, yeah. Macy's Thanksgiving Parade. So, but uh, the kids, the the marching band was right behind Cool and the Gang. Okay. Right? So celebrate you know oh uh, yeah yeah and um and this is how you know it's b it's the b line like amy grant was one of their stars okay you know and she hasn't been popular really for how long you know what i mean but they were like and amy grant amy grant we're gonna have amy grant like they were (laughs) like you know and then the other person uh they were talking about somebody else who you know broadway i think it was animal uh, i'm sorry i think it was the lion king like they were on lion king for blah blah blah, which was like three or four years ago that they were part of the cast of lion king (laughs) but Uh, that was like their feet one of their featured okay (laughs) not like now yeah yeah yeah. so so it's just funny because you know macy's has that impact but great experience for them oh yeah they were on the bus at they they were at school by 5 15 a.m on the bus leaving around six uh 545 and they didn't get home until it was about 3:30 ish wow okay. so yeah so it was, it was that's a, that's a full day yeah full day for them very exciting we were home watching it on TV as we were cooking and oh, stuff oh that's what I was going to ask okay yeah we didn't go because there was just a couple of logistical things about us going first of all we would have had to drive ourselves there and drive home okay which getting in and out of the city yeah, would have been hairy. I mean, they did have some open seats on the bus, but I think it was like first come, first serve, and yeah, okay. And then you had to walk with. You basically had to s- start either at the beginning of the parade or the end of the parade, because as soon as the parade was over, they left. They didn't stay for the whole thing. So uh, okay, yeah. And um, uh, and then just cooking, so we had food when they got home. Yeah. You know, so. But it was. That's what I was gonna say. That's nice. After a long day like that, you come home, shower, and then like, and then eat, and then uh, eat, eat. eat. yeah, Yeah. Thanksgiving food. So, lots of carbs. (laughs) Nice. 
That's exciting. So yeah, it was exciting for them. It's a fun day. What do you do for Thanksgiving? Yeah, we were with my family, and the day before was my mom's 60th birthday, actually. So we celebrated that. We went out to eat at this place in uh, Belleville. That my so my family's Italian. My uncle looks like a mob boss. <laughs> so we don't eat a lot of Italian food out because my family makes it. And actually, that Thanksgiving we eat Italian food. The Thanksgiving meal is after dessert. Like the full Thanksgiving meal is after dessert. But we eat all okay. this Italian food first. But anyway, so my uncle loves this place, though, and we're like, all right, Uncle Joey loves it. We're going to go. He's on the wall. They have, like, all these famous <laughs> people that have been there. There's my uncle. I'm like, okay. Look at this group shot. Frank Sinatra. <laughs> uncle Your <Joey>. uncle. <laughs> so uh, I thought it was really good. I really liked it. I'm like, I want to go back. But Rebecca was like, you know, it was okay. I'm like, really? She's like, yeah, your parents' cooking is just, like, so much better. And I was like... Yeah, well, yeah, I guess that's true. I do think that, but uh, so, but it was fun. Like, my, you know, my family getting together, and then everybody for Thanksgiving was at my parents, and then uh, I did a lot of shopping too, which was fun. So it was a good time. It was, it was fun being with everybody, and uh, I did do the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade one time. I went, okay, um, which was fun, but it was the same thing. It was early. That you marched in it? Oh, sorry, I didn't march in it. I just you went to go went, watch. I just attended. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, okay. But I ended up getting. I got a really great view because they had all these barriers to like, I guess, control the traffic of people. Yeah. yeah. But the thing was like, they were everywhere. And I was like, well, how do you get there? And I, I think it was just set up to, to keep people back. So you could just move to the next one if you wanted. Cause okay. nobody was like, you can't come here. So, you know, all, all of us rule followers, you're like, so you'd be all the way in the back. <laughs> but if you're like, wait, I'll just move up. So, uh, <laughs> That was cool. I did it one time. I could probably go again. This, this was a long time ago. But, yeah, so it was a good weekend. Good weekend. And now yeah. I'm ready for Christmas, you know. Yeah, I we started Christmas music. We got all of our decorations up. Yes. So Saturday morning, this past, <clears throat> this past Saturday morning, I finished getting the outside stuff up. Oh, nice. So I'll be honest, in our new house, we kind of need more outdoor stuff. Yeah. Because it kind of just doesn't – it was yeah. fine for where we were at because it was much smaller, our front area. So – that's something that we're going to hit test add up for. Okay. You know, like, hey, you don't really decorate anymore. Can we have your decorations? Yeah, Because yeah. we just need to fill it out a little bit more. Because now it looks, it looks okay, but it needs a little, a little help. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, man. So when I do a Christmas light show drive-by, I'll have to just swing by your house. Swing by. Like I said, it's it's <laughs> it's, it's okay. I mean, it's better than nothing. <laughs> yeah. You know, but we do need more stuff, so. All right, well, with us doing this Christmas carols series, um, I thought we could open up with some trivia, Christmas carols trivia. We've got a couple questions for you, quiz questions, and then um, I have some facts, too. So if you're listening, see if you can guess what some of these are. These are some Christmas songs. So let's see here. Uh, here's Let's start with some easy ones. This is Christmas songs in general, though, not just carols in particular. Okay. So, thinking of Christmas songs, Frosty the Snowman. What item brings Frosty the Snowman to life? Oh, that's so easy. His hat. Okay, yeah. Magic hat. Yep. Yes, magic hat. I just, you know, thought we'll start easy. All right, here's one, because this would take me a minute. In Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, how many reindeer pull Santa's sleigh? Eight. Because Rudolph makes number nine. 
Yes. Oh, okay. So, so originally, that would be originally yeah. it was eight. Okay. And then when he asked for Rudolph's help at the end, it was nine. It's nine. Okay. Now, yeah, do you know? I'm going to ask you a question, see if you can figure it out. Uh-oh. Do you know where Rudolph came from? Where he came from? Like, like the creators of Rudolph. Oh. I don't. I believe, I believe he was a Macy's creation. Really? To, for marketing. Okay. So I, I believe. Well, uh, double check. Let's people check. out there listening. Yeah, yeah. You know, do a little fact checking. You fact know, check. but but uh, but I but I know that R- Rudolph was created for marketing, and I think the store was Macy's. Okay. Oh, so. interesting. It's so well. I was telling this to Rebecca. It's interesting what's become a staple and what hasn't. Like, mm-hmm. because like every year, every pop singer wants to like enter into the realm of like eternal Christmas music. Yeah. But I'm cre- like. Yeah. But some some make it through though still like where I was like Ariana Grande song what what, what is that one uh, I don't know yeah but you hear it everywhere I'm like Mariah's oh. Carey's version well of course that's you know that immortalized. but that's one of the ones that broke through yeah it you know broke what I mean? through yeah. Yeah, yeah so it's like like ever there's so many Christmas albums and songs people produce oh, yeah. and like oh but that one broke through and forever now we're just gonna listen yeah. to that song yeah <laughs> at Christmas all right here's interesting one this would be math I don't know. if no, you know the answer. Uh, okay, Just be interesting if you're listening. Uh, the 12 Days of Christmas, you know, they get all these gifts in the song. So how many gifts did the singer receive Ooh. in 12 Days of Christmas? 32, 42. Yeah, this is more of a math problem. 49, 57, 63. It's a big number. 70, no, yeah, 70s, no, I'm messing it up already, I can't keep track. It's like exponential, that's the thing. Yeah, it's like, a, it's, it's it's got to be close to 100, right? So it's actually more than 100, it's 364. If, I guess, I think if you count every single day, they get it again, like two turtle doves, oh, oh, they get two oh, turtle yes, doves. Yes, yes. Okay, I see. What Eleven you're days in a row, so I guess yes. that's probably how they did the math for that one. So, uh, okay, yeah, just okay, you know, whatever. All right, we'll stick away from the math ones. <laughs> um, I'm not good at math, and it's not in my head. Actually, okay, well, this one uh, I'll just tell you this one because this is interesting. Brenda Lee sings "Rocking Around the Christmas Tree." Yeah, yep. Rocking around. How you know how old she was when she recorded that? It says, according to this thing, we might have to fact check it. Thirteen. She's 13. Oh. That's what it says. Her, her voice sounds more mature than that, but if yeah. she's a good singer, that could be part of it, you know? Yeah. All right. Maybe I'm going to have to check that one too now. Maybe this is less trustworthy than we think. That's all right. All right. All right. That's all right. <laughs> Let's do like one more. One more. Here we yep. go. Um, oh, I know. Okay. Which Christmas song is known by two different names? Oh, by two different names. You're going to know if... If you can't guess it, you'll know. You'll be like, "Oh yeah." So let Duh. me just let me just guess, but I don't know if this second one's actual Christmas song or if it's just a tune. I would say, "What child of this and Greensleeves?" I mean, I guess that could be an answer, but it's not the one I have. here. But I don't know if Greensleeves is an actual Christmas song. I don't know if I've heard if that, there's even so. words to it, uh, but but the melody is both of those. Okay, well, it is the Christmas song. Or chestnuts roasting 
Yeah, chestnuts okay, roasting okay. on an open fire. Yeah, that's a better answer. That's the well, that's the one I got on here. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the better. That's a better answer anyway. All right. So if you've been listening, you can fact check all these. I feel like half of them are probably not accurate. I don't know, but here's a couple of facts about Christmas carols. Okay, okay real quick. Okay. Um, so Jingle Bells turns out that Jingle Bells was actually written to be sung on Thanksgiving. That's what it says. Um, well, if you if you sing through the song. I mean, you're on your way to grandma's house, so it makes sense to me. I can buy that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, because over the river and through the woods to grandmother's house we go. Horse knows the way to hear his No. I don't know all the verses, but... No, I'm singing the wrong song. Yeah, I think it's a different one. That's Charlie Brown. That's the... That's the... Wait, so wait... Day or two ago, thought I'd take a ride. There we go. And soon Miss Fanny Bright was seated by my side. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. The horse so was leaning like. And then we got upset. Oh, dear. So maybe the words doesn't talk about going to Grandma's house. I had the wrong song in my head. Well, it's still, it was written for Thanksgiving because huh. the people who are like, you can't play Thanksgiving. Christmas music before Thanksgiving, I'm always like, well, what Thanksgiving music is there? But apparently Jingle Bells was one of them. There you go. Which is now Christmas, go. which means we can play it. And it's like <laughs> and it fits both holidays. <laughs> okay, here's an interesting one. Do you hear what I hear? I guess, I don't know how much this is a, this is a, this is a newer one. I think this is a Christmas carol, but it's, an, it's considered a newer one. So this was actually written during the height of the Cold War as the Cuban Missile Crisis was unfolding. Interesting. The songwriter is Noel Re- Regni, I think that's how he called it. But anyway, so it, it's kind of dark. They would be listening, you know, because they were afraid of, like, the destruction that was going to happen. And then so he kind of changed it to a different song, singing, Do You Hear What I Hear? He was inspired by a mom who was uh, had two babies, like, in the stroller, mm-hmm. and they were smiling, and he was kind of, like, you know, changed it to something else. But kind of apocalyptic <laughs> the tone yeah all right and i have one more one more here okay Octo- so it, that was written october 1962 oh so that is correct yeah yeah yeah, yeah. okay interesting yeah I so thought it was older in your than head that. i thought it was older than that yeah most so. of these are some of these are very old some of them are 1800s some of them okay. are like a couple hundred years before that which is interesting God rest you, merry gentlemen. That one's like really old. Mm. But this one's interesting. Joy to the world. It's the most published Christmas hymn on the continent. Um, and it also was not meant to be a Christmas song. It was originally intended to be sung at Easter. And it's referring to the second coming of Jesus. That we're singing this oh, for okay. the second coming. Okay. Not, you know, really the first coming, which is how we do sing it now for Christmas. I'm singing it through my head now, trying to think of the lyrics. He rules the world. I mean, it does. The words do fit for Easter. You know, talking about uh, he rules the world. He makes the nations prove, which is kind of like worship him, bow down before him. So, uh, I mean, it it works. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And uh, fun fact for anybody who is musical, speaking of marching band, Joy to the World is just a C scale, up and down. 
joy to the world. Na, 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 na. Just up and down the sea scale. Oh, interesting. That's like I've never song. noticed that. Yeah, yeah. I've, uh, my, what uh, kind of a musician am I? <laughs> I think my band teacher told us that. That's interesting. So, okay, some fun Christmas carol trivia. But um, the first one for the series was Oh Holy Night that Pastor Jeff did. Great sermon and kind of a cool angle for Christmas. Um, you know, he said before, like, the Christmas story, how do you tell it again? You know, like, you got to go through and what's the new angle or how do I highlight it differently? So this is a cool angle, I think, on it, like going through Christmas carols, the theology that's in them, but then what, you know, the truth of Scripture, really. And, um, you know, when he talked about Oh Holy Night, it was the first song ever played on radio waves, uh, they believe, which is pretty cool. And this is something he said kind of before he got really into the sermon, but it actually works with a devotional that I read this morning. Uh, so I wanted to ask you this, or we could talk about it. So in the Christmas story, he said that it's pretty, it's basically understood, I guess, because it's not stated in Scripture, but from mm-hmm. what we know, it's understood that both Mary's father and Joseph's father would have been in Bethlehem at the time. And, you know, about all the, like, at that time, providing a room for somebody, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So they couldn't get a room. Obviously, it was filled due to the census, but the impression also is like nobody wanted to give them a room. And right. uh, so he was highlighting, too, like, wow, even their own fathers were like, no, you don't get a room, right? And uh, the devotion I read today was about like how Mary said yes to God, even though it cost her something, she was misunderstood. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. Even she risked being ridiculed or rejected. She said yes to God anyway. Hey, let it be as you say. That's what Luke one thirty eight. That that's what she said. Um. So. I guess what I'm thinking is this: like, I think that makes sense, right? Uh, obviously, that's what we see in Scripture. But I guess to what extent should we expect that? You know what I mean? Like, like I'm thinking about this. Like, if I had a kid in youth group or a young adult who was like, "Oh, I'm following God." and their parents are upset, I'd have to be like, oh, well, you know, are you following God or are you just giving your parents a hard time? Like, you know, so so I do think, obviously it's true. When you say yes to God, you're going to encounter resistance. Yeah. You're going to have a hard time sometimes, but maybe to what extent, because I guess that's the question. To what extent? I don't know. I think it's a hard question. I think, because I think, first of all, your motives are are important when it comes to that. Because if you're you're following God, but really you're following yourself and you're blaming on God, <laughs> like that's a different, yeah. you know, whatever. But but uh, I do think, I do think, especially in today's culture, if you're trying to follow God, you're going to be hitting resistance. Yeah. The degree of that resistance, I think, kind of just depends upon your personal circumstances. You know, are you... Are your family believers? Are they tolerant of believers? Are they not? Are you at work? Are they, you know, how vocal are you about your faith at work? At work, are they, um, words not aggressive, but are they accepting of that or are they push back against it? And mm-hmm. So I think it, I think, I think it's clear that Jesus says as believers, you know, the world's going to hate us in the aspect that we're preaching truth, which is not always popular. Yeah. But I think to the degree of what it costs you and to the degree of the pushback and resistance really depends upon your individual circumstance. 
So would you say like if you feel like you're not encountering any is that like a problem or is it like oh I'm just you know I'm blessed like I don't know I don't think so cuz again I think it's your circumstances some people are very vocal with their faith and other people are very much more quiet but they live it out and I think sometimes that gets a different kind of attention mm-hmm. than when you're very vocal um so I wouldn't say that hey if you're not facing resistance or if you're not facing pushback that you are not christian enough <laughs> or not vocal enough or not mm-hmm. whatever uh cuz again I think it comes down to your circumstances like if we were facing a lot of pushback at church, we'd be like, hey, what's going on here? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because we work at church all the time. Right. So we don't get a lot of pushback at our workplaces. Our families are believers, so we don't get a lot of pushback there either. You know what I'm saying? But um, so I think it just I, – I don't think – because you could pride yourself on how many people – like do push back against your faith and there's a lot of factors in that maybe it's how you present it maybe it's you know what i mean so i don't think that's a mark of spirituality is what i'm saying whether you have resistance or not yeah which i I think is kind of what i was getting at a little bit with the question too yeah i don't i personally like causing problems isn't like oh well look it's because they're not open to god i'm being faithful right and and so so yeah i don't think that's a mark of of your spirituality that you know, people are pushing back. But I do think the reality is at some point we will meet with resistance. Yeah. And um, how you handle that matters too. Yeah. You know what I mean? It can blow it up or it can help to, or depending on how you handle it, it can bring it down so that the message is receivable that you're trying to tell, you know? So I think there's a lot of factors that go into it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Of course there is. And I mean, I do think that, yeah, different levels, I guess it should be happening somehow, but right. Maybe not always there's seasons. Like I don't work in an environment with non-Christians anymore. And I think about that a lot. So I, I was telling somebody the other day, I'm on a couple of these committees now that, you know, it's not like I don't have any non-Christians in my life, but I don't every day go to work, mm-hmm. you know, except for right, right. maybe Nancy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was just being funny. Sorry, Nancy. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Everybody in the office is Christian. But yeah, yeah. So that so I'm in a different season of life where I don't day in and day out work with people who aren't believers. But I still have them in my life, mm-hmm. with people who don't believe in God in other places. And even actually, this is maybe even a good example. My family is largely Christian and there's a few people in my family that are in ministry, you know, Mm -hmm. me, my dad, but I have some aunts and uncles, some cousins, not everybody, but you know, there's, it's in my family. Significant, you know? Yeah. But even with that knowledge, like I've had family members ask me multiple times, like when I'm going to get a real job or like, (laughs) <laughs> what's my backup i've a, i've had what what is your backup so many times and i kind of understood when i was part-time that mm-hmm. like it may not be clicking for you that i'm called to this so i don't care that i'm working a different job right. but i could see how you would feel that way but even being full-time now i've gotten it like oh well what's your backup i'm like i graduated college like years ago like i don't <laughs> this is my primary career yeah so but even that is like 
it's like so it feels slightly insulting or belittling but and they're not trying to be but like even that is a level of resistance i guess yeah I, yeah, yeah like and if i you're think following god people are going to say well why are you doing that and i think when you share when you i just i just came off a virtual missions trip and one of the things they talked about because someone asked like how do you deal with it when you're talking with people and they and they reject you know um and their whole thing is well, first of all, they're not rejecting me. They're rejecting God. And so it's no reflection on me. Mm-hmm. Second of all, you have to learn to be secure enough that people are going to reject the gospel. Mm-hmm. And you not take it and it you like it not throw you. You have to get to the point where it doesn't throw you and you understand, okay, that's happened, but I'm going to keep moving forward. And so I say that to say, but sometimes rejection isn't like, or or resistance isn't always this big thing either. Yeah, you can you can be talking about Jesus and and a coworker, a family member, just be like, "Well, that's nice for you, but whatever," and they just right. kind of blow it off. And I think that's a form of resistance. Yeah, you know, but it's not necessarily this big dramatic moment. Right. Um, but it still is a resistance to the gospel. So I think that can be part of that resistance too. You point. know what I mean? That and that when you talk about like. Well, there is an aspect where if you're living for Jesus, people are going to sometimes be put off by that. Yeah. You know, I think that's one way that that happens, that we don't always recognize as resistance, you know? Yeah. 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 No, I, I think that's a great point. I think that's exactly the case. And I think, you know, we, I guess just keep it in perspective. Sometimes we can really magnify those moments and it's like, hey, look, this is part of First of all, it's part of life, and then it's part of the Christian walk. So, mm-hmm. you know, this is normal. But then also, too, like, I think I'm the sort of person that downplays it. Like, oh, yeah, come to think of it, this person said, you know, I don't want <laughs> I don't want you to tell me about that. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, I guess I've encountered some resistance here and there or whatever. So, yeah, just keeping it in perspective. Um, and I think how you approach people makes a big difference to what kind of a blip it is when they hit resistance. Like if you're like really like guns blazing, people are gonna have a more who reject the message are gonna have more visceral yeah reaction as opposed to if you go in and your personality is a little bit more mellow, a little bit more roll with the punches type thing in conversations, then someone's reaction may be very different to that. You know, so that's what I'm saying. Like, there's so many different aspects of it. You can't necessarily say, well, because I had three people spit at me this week because I'm a Christian, I must really be spiritual. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, cause, could be because cause it could be the opposite. Right, right. You're not <laughs> being very spiritual because you don't know how to talk to people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got the gospel message, but you're missing the love or something. You know yeah. what I mean? So, so. yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, yeah. I, th- I think that's all good. I, I wanted to ask that because th- that's an interesting comment that he made that that's, that was a reality for Mary and Joseph, obviously with their situation, they said yes to God. And now it appears that they're pregnant out of wedlock. And if they have parents, well, actually they didn't have to be believers because at that time that just was wrong. No matter what, I I don't think it mattered if you had any kind of faith, you know? And, and just in thinking about that situation, how much hurt how much harder is it for us? How much more hurtful is it when we feel like that resistance comes from our family? Yeah. yeah. You know, because those are the people that we love dearly and we want them to have the gospel message. Yeah. You know, so when they reject it or they don't understand, um, sometimes that can cut a lot more than 
the gas pump guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Which uh kind of works actually for the next thing I wanted to ask. Um and I was not here for the Thanksgiving Eve service. I think Pastor Jeff had mentioned I, I think that you had talked about this a little, but just the concept of hope. Pastor Jeff talked about his points were a new day with Christ brings exactly what you need. A new day with Christ brings ex- uh brings you hope to keep going. And that second point, hope, right? And uh, he's reading from Lamentations. There's that verse in Proverbs, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And uh, that's where I disagreed with, with Bain from The Dark Knight Rises. He he thought that the people of Gotham needed hope in order to truly crush their souls. And I was like, no, no, no. I think it would be to starve them of hope. I think that's yeah. what really would like, you know. And, um, you know, I've been thinking about this, like that I think like as Christians, this really is... I think this really is the difference is our hope, right? It's yeah, it's that we live a transformed life. Yes, it's that we have the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes, it's that we live a life of holiness. These are all markers of Christians. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, I think like in another sense, maybe like underneath it all, the what really makes Christians different than everyone else is the hope we have. And um so I guess I just wanted to talk about that. And I yeah. thought like, I've been thinking like maybe for my life, I've always viewed like say eternity or things like that, or my hope in God as like insurance, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, it's great to know that, you know, God's got a plan. It's great to know that I'll go to heaven, you know? And it's kind of like this safety net of insurance more than like a hope that I'm confidently expecting God has a plan. God's moving. God's doing something. God's going to use me. I'm going to see we reunited with God and we reunited with people I love. Um, And I think you did talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Wednesday night I had the section. It was about God's might. It's uh, Psalms 63 or was it 65? 65, I think. 65. And I had a section. It was a couple verses, five through eight, I think it was, that spoke about God's might, you know, how he the mountains he created the mountains in his power he calms the storms or whatever and i and i had just shared about um you know steph being diagnosed with cancer and that whole process and then this past summer um with five years she declared officially cancer free that's amazing and um hope See, so, uh, like I'm tracking with you, like sometimes we think of salvation being the end goal of every Christian. Yeah. You know, being the end goal is to become a Christian and have salvation. But I think, I think that's true and I think that's important. So I, I, don't, I don't want to downplay that, but I think it's just the beginning because then you have someone who walks with you through daily life and when things seem overwhelming impossible despairing God is walking with us in those moments yeah. and I think that's where like hope is is really important because in those moments if we had to deal with it alone what hope would we have if we didn't feel like we were strong enough to deal with it? Yeah. 
but there is someone who is strong enough to deal with it and he walks with us and it's not like well one day you'll get to heaven and things will be better yeah. <laughs> you know like sometimes and this is what i mean about like salvation sometimes we think about well yeah i uh, you know i can't wait until the day when i'm in heaven and things are right and and there's truth to that but there's like the day-to-day life that god steps into in our lives too yeah you know and so hope is what keeps us moving forward and not despairing you yeah. know over the circumstances or us just shutting down waiting for the rapture or waiting to die so we can be in heaven you know yeah um so um so, so that's kind of what i what my section was to talk about that and i think the difference is insurance is I think I think the difference is one you're just waiting it's like I just have to put up with this world until I get to heaven it's passive yeah and I think the thing about hope hope is about the fact that Jesus didn't just die for my salvation but he died he didn't just die so I could make it to heaven he died so that he could walk with me in this world today where rubber meets the road yeah you know and that um, we can depend upon him to get us through things today that we feel like we just can't and probably can't do on our own. Yeah, which is it's just so powerful. Like, and I, I think that's just where I'm getting as as a person. I'm entering into my life of like, <laughs> I told my sister the other day, I'm like, I don't know if I really imagined my life kind of that much further beyond this point. <laughs> like as a kid, you know, I'll yeah. be married one day. I'm like, like, yeah, I'll have a family. But like where I'm at, like, <laughs> like, yeah, I, th- I think this is as far as you really pictured in your head. <laughs> and the truth is, as you get older, as you get older, you realize more and more like, man, life can really be hard sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And if it's just like, uh, like, as a kid, man, you're just you're going through things. Sometimes you're completely oblivious to stuff going around yeah. you. But once, as you start getting older, and you're starting to like, I, I I don't know. Sometimes things hit you differently. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you know. And sometimes your priorities change, and sometimes your awareness changes, and when you have family. There's a whole new set of, you know, things that go along with that. And um, uh, so yeah, I I, I get what you're saying. Like you don't imagine it's like. Oh, I'm going to be a pastor and then I'm going to be in heaven. <laughs> and yeah, it's not a lot yeah, of thought yeah. or, you know, <laughs> I'm going to be, I'm going to be a, you know, woodworker and then heaven or whatever. Right. Um, but as things go on and you're like, okay, I'm a pastor now. Um, and, uh, now I'm facing, you know, all of yeah, life, life, <laughs> you know, yeah. and life is hard sometimes. And that's how I feel like it's been this foundation I've grown up with. So for people who have grown up in church or if your kids are in church, that's, wonderful because i feel like i have this solid foundation but it's just becoming real to me in a different way yeah and uh i think that's what's important what's that's great about christmas time too like what you were saying about hope and god being with us and walking through us in those moments i think <clears throat> you know again thankfully christmas time is so a wonderful time of year for me but i know many times it can be difficult and it, it no matter how, who you are it's busy and so hope you know god being with me those are can just really be afterthoughts until after the christmas season 
and then maybe you pick up the pieces, you know. Right, right. And so it's important. That's what we're celebrating at Christmas is God being with us and then the hope that he's given us, the hope that he is with us now. And that Jesus came. And when I say make a life better for us, I don't mean like to make you rich type better. Mm-hmm. I, s- I mean like he came to help you live your faith in this world. Yeah. You know, and in that aspect, life is better even when it's hard, you yeah. know. Um, to say that his name God with us is his literal name because that's literally what he is and what he does. Yeah, you know. Um, I know a lot of times we don't use like the Emmanuel God with us when we're talking about Jesus, but maybe we should more, <laughs> or yeah. at least maybe when we're having hard days, yeah, we should think on that part of his name and and. And the hope that comes from that, you know. Yeah, and th- and so and that's what Christmas time is. It's a reminder of that. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's um, instead of negative. Well, we only think of it at Christmas time. We should think of it more. But that's what Christmas is for. Mm-hmm. It's a reminder of, of that truth. Right to know? celebrate the God who stepped down. He himself sacrificed everything in both ways. God the Father sacrificing His Son. Jesus sacrificing his comfort yeah, so that we could experience his comfort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I really liked the sermon, really liked the series that we're going to be in. You know, appreciate your time, Pastor Todd. And uh, I did want to ask, you know, how are you, where are you at with Christmas shopping? Um. <laughs> so, so first of all, Steph and I are talking about how we're going to handle Christmas for each other this year. And I think we're going to like be like, okay, what major thing do we need for the house? Okay. And that'll be our gift. Okay. So, yeah. and, then, and then stocking stuffers, you know, but yeah. So I think that's what we're doing for Christmas and we haven't settled yet on that. Uh, as for the kids and other people, we're doing it. <laughs> can't, yeah. can't say we're far along, but we started. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, so, um, yeah, I don't want to think about it. <laughs> Dude, so I'm like, I, I'm very excited because the last couple years, yeah, before that, I'd be like trying to come up with stuff. And it's really like the week before I got to get something for everybody. So the last couple years, I've been way ahead of the game with Rebecca. I get like a large portion done right after Thanksgiving and then pick up another one or two things throughout December. So this year I told her, I'm like, we're on it. Like I want it all done this weekend. (laughs) So I'm at like, I mean, at least 80%, but like probably close to 90%. I actually need a few more things for her. Okay. Uh, But for like our other family members, I was like, because you know what you know what you do you see it you're like oh that's pretty nice for your dad yeah that's nice let's see if we find anything else and then you just you don't get it and then you end up getting something you like less you know two days before christmas and you're stressed out about it so i'm like just buy it (laughs) so are are you amazoning it is that how you're doing i was about half and half like her family was a little more in person stuff we went to the mall or whatever the outlets the outlets Mm -hmm. are great okay uh but uh, my family has like an amazon account that we share so we put stuff on their list okay so that's mostly amazon so i all overall i'm like half and half so yeah 
Yeah. Sometimes what's nice about the physical store is when you're like, I'm not sure what to get. You can kind of look in areas and be like, oh, this would be a good idea. Yeah. And it's hard yeah. to do that on Amazon because you kind of yeah. have to know what you want. Like a sweater or something. Like right. I, w- I wouldn't know on Amazon that like, oh, that, oh, you know, they look nice in that or they would right. like this one. Like, so that's what's right. nice about the person. Yeah. So... All right, everybody. Well, hope you get something your shopping done. Hope you've enjoyed the discussion. Glad that you've been with us today. This has been Pastor Matt. And Pastor Todd. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.